Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady. I'm here with Lou Weiss, who is the founder of Manufacturing Talk Radio. He's also the president of All Metals and Forge Group. If you're looking for industrial forgings, you can find them at steelforge.com. Joining us today is Anthony Nieves, who is the committee chair for the Institute for Supply Management Services Report on Business. We're always anxious to find out what's happening in the services sector. Anthony, thank you for joining us again. Thank you for having me on the show. And it's a long weekend. I'm glad that you remembered to be here. Tim oh. even showed up from Wisconsin. Remember everybody? Tim was up there milking cows in Wisconsin. <laughs> okay, no more jokes. <laughs> Anthony, your report looks very strong. Tim Fiore's report looks very strong. So far, we seem to be defying the uh, consensus that there's a recession somewhere out there. Well, hopefully we don't keep trying to talk ourselves into one. Amen. There you go. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I think that with some of the headwinds we've been experiencing uh, over the past few months, inflation being on the forefront and uh, recessionary talk. And, um, you know, overall, when you look at this report and the manufacturing report that came out uh, the tail end of last week, right before the holiday, uh, the numbers uh, bode well. It looks uh, like things are moving along. We have this uh, steady incremental growth that's being maintained. You know, the composite index coming in at 56.9, it's up 0.2 percentage points. Doesn't seem like uh, much of an uptick there, but when you look at overall the report and the indexes, especially what's in the pipeline, uh, you know, new orders at 61.8, up from the 59.9, 1.9 percentage points, that tells us what's in the pipeline. It, it looks like the services sector, in spite of, uh, you know, the headwinds of uh, high cost, um, Still some logistical challenges, even though things have improved overall, uh, the sector is, is boating, uh, it's doing very well. I did notice in the uh, report that th since January, uh, the report, the services report have been in the mid to later 50s, 55 to 59, so that's you know, we're now into our eighth month to going into our ninth month. It's held pretty steady. Definitely. I mean, we're below the 12 month running uh, numbers as far as, uh, and we have to think back as we were still coming out of the pandemic and it was, you know, the floodgates opened up, uh, you know, 12 months ago. So we were coming in with some very high numbers from all the pent up demand that existed right. back then. But now what we're seeing is a more true picture. We're seeing it not just on the uh, side of where uh, the demand is, but even on the supply side, we're seeing some easing a little bit. We still have slow deliveries, uh, but if you look at the port congestion has been alleviated a bit, still there, but not like it was in the past. Overland trucking, still a challenge, but again, deliveries are slowing and slow deliveries is not a bad thing. But at 54.5, it's down 3.3 percentage points as far as the rate of slowing. Um, so it, again, you know, things, the picture is not bleak uh, as one would like to think with all the talk we've had 
uh, about recession and whatnot. Uh, consumer confidence has increased a little bit month over month, and that's based on fuel costs coming down. Uh, that's helped, uh, you know, consumer spending a little bit. But uh, you know, let's not uh, dwell on the on the negative things that are out there. Let's hopefully see things get better. One of the things that uh, we've noticed with uh, All Metals and Forge Group, uh, June, July, August typically are slower months because of vacations and plants shutting down for maintenance and so on and so forth. Uh, frankly, we've had the most incredible three month run in a very, very long time in terms of the summer months. So that being said, Typically, our marketing year really starts at about September 15th. So if that's any indication, things are looking pretty good for the rest of the year in terms Absolutely. of manufacturing. Yes, yes. And, and, you know, you touched on a point that we've talked about in the past about how the summer months, we see that bit of waning, yet last year it wasn't the case. And certainly this year, it's not the case. And right. that's because of the anomaly of having experienced the pandemic and coming out of the pandemic. And uh, I hope that we have a very good holiday season. Um, I think it's going to be contingent upon, again, the consumer. As soon as the consumer hears the, the R word, the recession word, uh, they start locking things down and keeping money close to the vest, so to speak. So uh, I just hope that, um, what the picture looks like with low unemployment that we have coming up. I thought you meant retirement when you said <laughs> <laughs> that's not in my vocabulary. <laughs> yeah, I don't Anthony, think any of us. Anthony, how are your respondents feeling? I mean, we're feeling fairly confident that things are going strong. Is that reflected in the comments? In the majority, yes, uh, that the comments are, are positive. There are some challenges, uh, as we touched on, as it relates to material shortages, certain items, certain commodities are in short supply. Uh, we, we still have some hiccups in the supply chain, not as severe as it was in the past. Um, you know, in the healthcare arena, we extrapolated a comment from the respondents. They're experiencing challenges on certain products uh, within healthcare. I know you guys cover the hospital report as well, uh, which goes into a lot of detail, but there's still medical devices, IV solutions, still challenges there. The other thing is inventory. Uh, we see inventory contracted. The respondents are telling us because of lead times that they are going into their inventory, they're, they're not replenishing it as fast because they've been burning it up faster than the deliveries allow for them to replenish. Um, you know, there's certain items that they may be long in supply, like we knew the, the PPP equipment, uh, uh, personal protective uh, equipment, the PPE, um, but that, you know, doesn't seem to be the case anymore. They're, they're starting to burn that down. But uh, overall, uh, the comments from the respondents indicate that they're seeing business increase um, if you look at all the criteria, all the information that comes out there, as far as corporate profits look good, uh, wage pressure starting to cool off a little bit, even in this restricted labor market. Um, and part of that has to do with people feeling uh, less secure and not wanting to have that mobility. And I'll contradict myself. We had a comment that came in from one of the respondents that said that uh, 
Um, people are leaving for perceived better opportunities. I don't think as much the case as it was in the past because there were so many jobs out there. Uh, unemployment's still low, right? It's still hovering anywhere between, it was 3.9, I think it's 4.2%, uh, 168,000 jobs added from the last jobs report, not as robust as some of the prior numbers, but the labor market is still favoring uh, certain workers out there. We've heard about layoffs. We know certain industries are laying off. That's just because the demand isn't where it was in the past. Uh, but again, I have to look at this in totality and the both sectors appear to be doing quite well at this point in time. Anthony, I note that there's 18 industry segments that you follow in this report and I was surprised to read that two of them are in contraction, one of which is arts and entertainment. What's going arts on there? Arts and entertainment, yes, and agriculture, forestry, fishing, and hunting is the other one. So those two, uh, we had 14 reflect growth to the same and the two with, that you mentioned were contracting. And the arts entertainment, and you know, think about this, um, in that not only is it like movie theaters as well as um, uh, recreational facilities, amusement parks, things have opened up, but then there's been some pullback and there wasn't a lot of production of movies. You know, granted we were streaming some stuff on, uh, I won't mention names of some of the online uh, uh, distribution. We don't like to give them any free advertisement. If they can't pay manufacturing talk radio for the advertisement, we're not going to mention their name. Okay, right Lou? You bet. So anyway, uh, we, we've not had the output that we've had in the past because of things being closed down and they're trying to catch up. There is uh, the other end of that spectrum, the, the top producer uh, or the top industry, which I always question why it's even in the group of 18, and that's mining. Mining is usually somewhere is from the middle down, and this was now the top producer uh, this in this report. Yeah, we see that as it, it, it seems to correlate right with fuel prices. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah. And yeah. for me, if I could get away with it, I know I don't control, you know, the NAICS coding and all that other stuff, but if I can get away with it, I'd like to trade mining and maybe even construction over to Tim if I could, you know, the Tim Fury. <laughs> but I don't think they'll allow me to do that. What do you get in return? Nothing or <laughs> you want an industry of his? Yeah, maybe that, you know, the food and tobacco, something over that, along those lines, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> little, little horse trading from the ISF. <laughs> <laughs> so, Anthony, what are the headwinds that the services sector is exposed to as opposed to the manufacturing sector? Well, I think they're both similar in the sense of uh, what we have to look at is, again, prices. Price is still very strong. We talked about inflation peaking, but yet, or even slightly cooling off, but it's 71.5, you know, it's down 0.8 percentage points. That's still in rarefied air up there. It's over 70, you know, like to see that come down at least into the high fifties, low sixties, but um, it doesn't seem to be any easing there as, as much as fuel and gasoline itself drive things in this sector cost of overland trucking and whatnot, it factors into total cost of ownership for all products and services. Um, it's still, uh, we're still feeling the pain of, of high cost right now. Things you can just look at, if it isn't in the cost itself, uh, uh, unit price, 
Look at the packaging. We've talked about this in the past. See how packaging has changed lately? When you go to the supermarket and you look at different different labels and wow, what happened? You know, if you look at a, a box of uh, say, I'll use a arbitrary thing, uh, crackers, right? And you look at the cracker pack was, you know, maybe 18 ounces. Now it's down to 12 ounces, same price or maybe even a little higher, but the packaging changed. In the state of New Jersey, in the state of New Jersey, uh, we no longer use plastic bags in the stores. So now we're using the old brown shopping bags, of which they charge you nine cents. So now they're first making money on their packaging. <laughs> wow, wow. Well, back in the day, we used to use those brown bags to make our book covers. <laughs> That's right. That's yes, right. Very true. But some, state, but some states are beginning to ban books. I won't mention which state. <laughs> wow. Well, wow. it'll be interesting to see what happens to the lumber industry and forestry as we use more brown bags for uh, shopping. That, yeah. that, that may trigger a growth spurt. Uh, Anthony, what's happening with imports and exports? I know that's always a little unusual in the services sector because there are no physical hard goods going back and forth. It's a trade in intelligence, I think. Well, that's on the export side mostly, and there are some some components that do get shipped overseas. But for the the big the big one in exports is, as you said, you know, it's the intellectual type thing. It's the knowledge management, management of companies and support services, information, uh, professional scientific technical services that arena. Uh, so. We're seeing that, some good numbers there, 61.9. It's up uh, 2.4 percentage points. Imports, on the other hand, contracting for the third month in a row. Now, keep in mind, part of that is the ability to pull goods from overseas. We have zero COVID policy over in China, so factory closures are still happening. Um, and just the demand is exceeding supply at this point. So that's why we're seeing that contraction month over month in that, in that arena. Well, any uh, surprises in this report, Anthony, or was it just a surprise that it continues to remain very strong? All of the above. When you look at it, you know, it's like the report came in and beat some predictions and expectations of some of the economists out there, not by much, but enough. And I think that, you know, the key thing for me, the takeaways was that the new orders, you know, I touched on this earlier, the new orders index 61.8 you know, reflecting what's in the pipeline going forward, strong number. And the fact remains that uh, this is consistent with what our respondents uh, told us with, uh, during the uh, economic uh, semi-annual release, that we would see incremental growth continue throughout 2022. They weren't sure about 2023, but 2022, they said we'd still have continued growth throughout. And we're seeing that. Uh, again, I'm, I, I, I don't know if we'll hold these numbers, I think we will. I think these numbers will be fairly consistent going forward, maybe a little uptick as we get toward the holiday season. But for the most part, my anticipation is that we'll see, you know, this mid 50s, maybe, you know, might pull back a point here or there or go up a point. But I don't expect huge uh, spikes because we've already had that period of where we had the pent up demand that drove uh, the numbers up pretty high very quickly. Anthony, your number has always correlated to uh, gross domestic product, GDP. Uh, for the last 
uh, well, it's, we're into month nine now here. Uh, your numbers would have put the GDP at three something, and the GDP is not cooperating with you. What's what's the disconnect, you know? Well, I think if you look at the numbers now, right, and this is, again, we're looking at it on a monthly basis, and then we take that monthly and then we annualize it. So we're coming in, if this was annualized, at 2.5, okay, which is, you know, you, there's nominal GDP, there's real GDP, it depends on who you talk to and what numbers you're going to get. But I think that overall, um, our numbers are, are fairly consistent. I think that the key thing, uh, just to point out a little bit about this report, uh, I've mentioned it on the show in the past that the 350 so some you know, around that number of survey respondents that we have committee members, they come from small, medium, large companies based on their contribution to GDP. And as we know, services, you know, is around that 88, 90% contribution to GDP for the total economy, right? Always said we're the we're even though we're the redheaded stepchild, so to speak, on the report side, this is the big number right here. Okay. So Again, when you track the ISM composite index historically against GDP, it mirrors it. it, looks almost like it's a mirrored graph. And that goes back to how this was formulated that there was 10 years of historical information that was used prior to the introduction of a composite index for the services sector, which came out in January. And the first time it was released, it contracted. I remember that like yesterday. It was my first composite release. I was part of the team with ISM and some from the academe and economists when we were going through all these different algorithms to figure out what would be the best way to reflect a composite index. And we mapped it, again, 10 years of historical information. That's why those four sub-indexes that lead into the report, 25% weighted is what we come up with to get that a composite index, and that's what tracks the way it does. And the other thing to point out, not to go on this long trail of soapbox here, but you know, the members, they all work. They're real active members in their companies, they're workers in their companies. They know how to move across the enterprise. They're not paid consultants. They're not uh, like some of the reports that come out use consultants and they're segmented. They don't model it exactly like the way ISM does. And so they try, they try to emulate it, but this is why this report is utilized by many government agencies and we're in communication with them. We keep that under wraps as far as who and what and where, but let's just say we talk to a lot of the government agencies and give them insight as to uh, the mechanics of this report and, and some more commentary beyond what you even see here in the written report itself. Yeah, we know that Joe Biden is uh, watching, as the presidents always do. So that's no, I haven't talked to him personally lately. Uh, neither has anybody else lately. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go, right back to the talk show. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk politics here. <laughs> well, Anthony, uh, the service uh, report or the services uh, sectors all combined, uh, as you said, is about 85 or 88 percent of the total economy. And the manufacturing part is 12 percent. Lou and I would argue it's a bigger number than that. But it, it seems to be a, a tail wagging the dog scenario. And you're not getting proper credit for the size of, and scope of your report. 
not about me. It's not about credit for me. It's just looking at it and saying what what is uh, truly going on in the economy. And one thing I will point out, and again, not to be redundant, I've said this before, we've talked about it. Manufacturing is a bellwether. It's a bellwether because it tells us early on what's going on as we lead into recessionary periods, as we've come out of recessionary periods, growth patterns, everything else, you can tell because of the, the focused nature of manufacturing and, and, and you see it because it's further upstream. And so you get more of a insight as to what's leading uh, for, for economic indicators. So Anthony, what do we have to look forward to? We're now into September, October, November, December. We're approaching that holiday period. Uh, is your estimation of what we're gonna see continuing to be strong? Well, I, I think that we're going to continue on this growth pattern that we're seeing. I like the fact that the manufacturing numbers came in where they came in. Um, they, you know, they, their index, their composite index is a little bit below, but you know, you can't really correlate the two together like that. But again, when both sectors are humming along like this, uh, it, it does make sense that we'll see continued growth for the balance of the year. Um, I don't expect any huge spikes upward or downward, but I, I do believe we'll stay on that path of continued growth. And if I'm wrong, I hope I'm wrong in one direction versus the other. <laughs> yes, we will certainly look for more growth. Uh, as Lou would point out, it's an, if it's a recession, it's likely to be a soft landing. Uh, your reports would indicate that it we may just skip the recession entirely and continue with the expansion. I certainly hope that's the case. I hope so too. That would be very nice. And that's for selfish reasons. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, Anthony, we appreciate you uh, joining us live on this broadcast so that we can share this information, not just with the manufacturing community, but all across America, it's a report that everyone should be paying, paying attention to because both the manufacturing report and the service re report are giving them an indicator of where it's at today, where it could be at in the very near-term future. Very encouraging, Anthony. Thank you for being with us. Thank you very much. I always appreciate being on the show. I would like to mention that the... Uh, ISM Hospital Report, which is the third report that we do, is coming out on uh, September 8th. So be sure to tune in for that to see what's going on in the, our, our medical uh, system, which is also very important, not necessarily in terms of dollars and cents, but certainly in the health of our, our nation. So be on the lookout for that on September 8th. I want to encourage everyone while you're surfing the web to stop by ISMworld.org so you can find these reports and a wealth of information that the Institute for Supply Management produces. And while you're out there, please visit us at jacketmediaco.com where you can find this podcast and some 800 as we near that number that we have produced. And as always, thank you for joining us for this live broadcast of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thank you very much, you. Anthony. Take care. We'll, Have a great day, guys. We'll see you uh, next month. Sounds good, thanks. All right, take care. Take care, you Tim. Too. We'll be talking. All right, Lou.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.